here our next episode of Beyond the Pew with Pastor Bruce Rosa. Indeed, indeed, Pastor Eric Gill. That's right. And we have a guest. Not not just a guest. Okay. A very special guest. Okay. I think all yeah. of our guests are very special. <laughs> I yeah, really do. Yeah, but this is but this very is a special. particularly special <laughs> guest. <laughs> okay. All right. Why is that, Pastor Bruce? I don't know. Okay. I, he's a special guest, but everybody's a special guest. But That's right. Pastor Steve Bogran. Bogran. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Pastor Steve hey Bogran. Hi, Steve. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Now, yeah. when was the last time you were part of this uh, podcast? I think sometime in the spring. Sometime in the spring. It's been yeah, a last, it's been a while. It's been a have while. Have you? Let, let's. We don't want you to say it, but have you had enough time to think about how we end the podcast? If it no, hasn't changed, say. yes. Okay, so you figure it out. Hopefully, you guys haven't changed it. We'll prove that at the end. Yeah, oh, we'll man. prove it at the end. We'll right. Prove it at the end All of right. the podcast. That's your warning. <laughs> but hey, we're so excited about you being here. Uh, maybe there's somebody here watching or listening for the first time. So why don't you tell them who you are again and what is that you do? Here in Maranatha Bible Church. Yeah, uh, my name is Steve Bogren. I am the discipleship pastor here in Maranatha. Uh, I've been here for this is my third year, going to my third year wow. being here. So it's been it's, it's been awesome. Three years. It's long been a great years. three years. I three love years. it. I love it. Like it's been fantastic. Three, it feels like you've yeah. been here long. Longer. Is that good or bad? No, it's a good thing. Okay, good. Yeah, good thing. we love it. It's awesome. Yeah, no, love it's the church. Awesome. Love the staff. That's sweet. Well, Pastor Steve, um, you know your role is specific being discipleship. Why don't we start by you explaining biblically what discipleship is? Yeah, and I think this is an important question because when it comes to discipleship, like there are different definitions that comes with it. Like, um, you know, and so I love to explain, hopefully, what what it is. Like for me, it's helping someone become mature to think biblically. Hmm. And I get that from Colossians 1, 20, 20 29, uh, where Paul is like, hey, you know, we, we proclaim him, sharing the gospel, warning everyone uh, so that we can present everyone mature in Christ. And then he goes on verse 29 and says, this is what I put my energy towards. This is with the help of God. This is what I want to see that everybody thinks biblically. And so I think it's important to understand, especially now, I feel like discipleship is a buzzword. Like every church I go to is talking about discipleship, uh, but they have different meaning. Uh, and, and like, like I said, like here in, uh, in Ohio, if you say football, they picture someone throwing the ball. But if you go to Honduras, where my family is from, someone's kicking the ball. You know, okay. so I think it's important that to understand what discipleship is. Yeah. And to me, I feel it's helping someone to become mature uh, in Christ. Helping someone become mature in Christ. Yeah. What are some other definitions that you have heard or seen? Because uh, there may be someone watching or listening that that's what they thought it meant. It meant. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one uh, I know is like, um, one here, it's like it's be, uh, believers equipping each other to grow in God's word together with intentional accountability in order to replicate fel- faithful followers of Christ. Uh, so that's the big one, the broader one that I hear a lot, and especially books that I read, that is believers helping each other. So not necessarily like one is the leader. It's basically believers helping each other uh, through accountability to grow in God's word with the goal of making new disciples uh, from that group. So. Yeah. So there's a sense of maturity that's taking place, yes. a sense of spiritual growth that's yeah. taking place. But, you know, you're you're passionate about discipleship, but making disciples, you make disciples, right? Yeah. So yeah. the ultimate goal of discipleship is what? As far as the goal, what's the what's the end result of what, what making you're new about? disciples, making, making new disciples, replicating yeah. new believers in Christ? Yeah. So that's yeah. the goal. Yeah. And so what I guess uh, if that's the goal. What does a disciple looks like? What is that? What is what is a disciple? Yeah, there's things I I call the marks of a believer, and okay. it's like I got a lot. Of, I got it from Titus uh, chapter two of uh, verses one through eight, where 
you know, Paul's talking to Titus. Say, listen, this is a way that sound doctrine can continue in the church from generation to generation. And he goes on and explains verses one like on. He goes talking about older men in the church. Just kind of, hey, here, here's how your life should look like. And then the older women in the church, here's how your life should look like. Uh, and then it goes for the reason is for you to grow, but also I want you to teach the younger generation of the church mm-hmm. what you know. And so that's kind of like as I read that, I was like, hey, there there should be some marks of a believer growing, kind of like when you were a kid. Like, I know our kids, we, we put them against the wall and kind of measure their heights and kind of say, look, that's how you were last year. Look where you're at this year. And I do believe spiritually there should be those marks of spiritual growth in our lives to say, okay, yeah, I was different last year than I was this year. And so just, just to name a few, five is one that I always mention to people. One is to be engaged, like sharing the gospel, engage with unbelievers. Uh, another one is accountability uh, in the sense of we look at accountability like, OK, like I'm struggling with the sin. I need someone to call me out. But I think as well of accountability of wisdom that you get from other people like, hey, I see this wrong in your life. Like you need to change this. Like how do people react to that? Like if it's are they mad? Like, yeah, you don't know me. Don't quit talking to me. Or they're like, all right, let me take that in. Let mm-hmm. me see if it's valid and, and I'll, I'll see if any change it does need to make. And I'm bringing it before the Lord. Another one is investing, kind of what we talked about, like they themselves have a desire to make disciples, help other disciples grow maturely, uh, be connected with other believers. And then uh, lastly, put obviously growing, that they're continuing growing, never stop growing in their relationship with the Lord. So that's kind of like the marks when someone's asking me, hey, how do I know my dis- how I'm growing spiritually, but also the, the, the person I'm discipling? How do I know that they're growing? These are the marks that I that I've seen in my own life that's changed, but also as I'm discipling others, I kind of use this as a, a guide to, to help them. So Yeah, that's yeah. good. And just the, the bottom line, I guess you could say definition or meaning of the word disciple, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's someone learner. who's following someone. Yeah. It's a learner, follower yep. of someone that they're, they're you know, looking to for guidance, mm-hmm. direction. So when we're talking about discipleship and we're talking about making disciples who make disciples, we obviously want the emphasis, and this is where you place the emphasis, not on following you know, individuals, men, women, we're following Christ, right? So when we talk about making disciples, we mean disciples of Jesus Christ that are Mm -hmm. seeking to be like Christ and to live like Christ and, you know, pronounce, you know, the kingdom of God and the Mm -hmm. gospel as Christ did. And so um, that's that's an area for any believer in Jesus Christ that we should not only be passionate about as far as to grow as a disciple, but we should be passionate about seeing others grow as disciples yeah. Yeah. of Christ yeah. as well. And I think it's important that you said that, like, to be more like Christ. And that's yeah. kind of like, the you know, trying to mature in Christ. Because I've seen some discipleship relationships where there's more dictatorship than discipleship. Yeah, where the person who's discipling kind of, I want to imitate you. And I've had some friends that, as well that were kind of like that in college, you know. And they're following a certain person. They want to be just like that. And I'm like, hey, like, the goal is to be more like Christ, you yeah. know. But also... As we're learning, like we all love to be in Bible studies, right? We love that any Bible study that's open, we love to be there. But my question is always like, what are you doing with that Bible study? Like, hopefully yeah. you're growing. Yeah. But I think the end result, every Bible to study action. part of is to teach to someone else and help them yeah. grow. It's that is that we were, it doesn't say we were created for good knowledge. Hmm. You know, we were created for good works. works. Yeah. Um, wow. So. Dang, that was deep, man. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's just, yeah, but it's true. It's Bible. knowledge. But back to something, um, back back to uh, to this idea of discipleship. Uh, you know, we have we had a podcast where you came and we mm-hmm. uh, talked about some of this stuff already where, like, you define it, you talk about But for this episode, let's be a little bit more practical as far as, like, 
the discipleship. And so there are, we would say that there are different, different stages of life. Mm. In each stage of life, discipleship will look like differently. Yeah. So I think like for the next few minutes, let's talk about what it looks like for those specific age groups. So like for ch- children, like at what age should you start discipling your kids if you're mm-hmm. a parent? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that look like for a teen, teenager, you know, for yeah. a young adults, for uh, an adult in general? Like what does it look like in the, all of those different uh, stages of life. So yeah. what do you got? Yeah. I mean, for me, I look at my own life personally, just like I'm thankful for parents that disciple me. Like I didn't have a youth pastor until I was in eighth grade. And so before that, like we were, the ch- my, dad, my dad was a church planner. So a lot of times there wasn't a youth pastor or anything like that. But my parents taught me bis- uh, this basic biblical principles and knowledge of the faith. And so you know, I look at Deuteronomy chapter six, right? We use that a lot with, you know, hey, teach your kids, disciple your kids. But I love the verses before that in verses five. Uh, it, it says, you know, uh, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And so for kids and teenagers, I feel like the first disciple maker should be their parents mm-hmm. in a sense. But first, the parents should be growing themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should be. And I think a lot of times we forget verse five, like this is a command that we all as believers should live this out. Yeah. But the, the parent is growing spiritually as well, you know, and, and that way they can teach their kids the truth of who God is. So. Yeah, that's a huge thing because how many times do we see, whether it's parents or individuals that have oversight over their kids, over students, whatever, and there's concern that their children or our children are not following the Lord mm-hmm. or our children are not passionate about the things of God or they're not passionate about what's happening within the church. Yeah. But then when we look at the environment that they're in in their home, or we look at the prioritization of the parents. Um, As parents, if we look at our own lives and we ask the question, are we not just discipling our kids to love the Lord our God, but are we modeling that in our own lives first, right? Because Mm -hmm. kids aren't stupid. They they see, they they learn, they watch. And at a earlier, at a very absolutely early age. at a very young really, age, yeah. and so what we prioritize in our homes as parents, what we prioritize in our lives as adults, you know, rubs off on yeah. on kids that are watching. And so you're right on with the sense of you know the first command to love the Lord your God with all your heart and and soul and mind it, it, to love Him in that capacity, then should be seen as an overflow. So all that yeah. follows in Deuteronomy six about teaching these things to your children begins mm-hmm. with that foundation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of like goes back to like when Paul, like talking about like children's and like how they imitate their parents, like mm. how Paul would say to, to the believers, like, Hey, imitate me, but not for the sake of simply imitating him, but imitate me as I imitate Christ. So essentially it's like, you're imitating Christ by looking at the example of a man that is committed to live in a way that brings honor and glory to God, yeah. you know, which is what you want to see parents like you want our kids, the kids to see their parents and be like, I want to be like my dad because my dad or my mom, they love the Lord and they mm-hmm. live in a way that is in light of the Lord. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the, and I think it's, you know, when I was a youth pastor, I mean, you guys were youth pastors too. So like my frustration was that where I call it drive-by parents that would just <laughs> drop up their kids and leave. But then when so their kids, out. yeah, take out. <laughs> but when their kids were doing bad decisions or not following the Lord, they get in, like, get mad at me. Yeah. And I was like, well, I was like, first of all, what's your name? <laughs> I don't yeah. know who you are and who's your kid that I only see once a week, if that, you yeah. know? So I think first of all, with parents, with kids and teenagers, 
making sure they're growing spiritually, even having someone speak truth yep. in their lives, help them grow before they can, you know, and that's, I'm thankful for my parents have that. They always had someone older discipling them as they were discipling us yeah. and, and pointing to our lives. And so, so I, I would say first for kids and teenagers, parents should be the first discipler in their lives, uh, speaking truth in their lives. And like you said, living out the gospel in front of them each day. Cause you know, the church, if they go to church, you know, they might go one like a Sunday or, or what, whatever, you know, but the parents is there constantly, in, in their lives and like what we talked about, like what they see is what they're going to do, how they're yeah. going to live, you so know, living out. What would you say to, you know, situations where maybe there aren't parents mm-hmm. in the home that are believers? Yeah. So, or, or it's split home too. Like, like maybe yeah. there's only yeah, one yeah. mom or, or dad. Yeah. I mean, the, I know for me, when I was a youth pastor, like kids that were, the parents were not believers, like they would really kind of be adopted to other families that mm-hmm. they would follow either. Like if there was a guy, they would follow older men and kind of like, disciple them, encourage them, or vice versa. I know when I was a youth pastor, I had some guys that came from split homes and they would love to come over to our house for dinner because they said, this is, we see what a biblical marriage looks like. Sure. And so I would encur- always encourage that. I had a lot of teens ask me, hey, like my parents, like I had one teen call me one time, say, hey, my parents are sleeping. I don't know, do I go to church or not? Do I wait on them? And I say, you know, and I gave them some wisdom there, like honor your, honor your parents, you know, but just let them know you want to go to church, you know, but I found that guy, I found him an older gentleman in our church that he kind of, they met with at McDonald's at 6 a.m. once a week mm-hmm. and kind of encouraged and he became part of the family as well. So I think, you know, in that situation, if, if parents are not believers, that's the responsibility of the church to step up and come alongside this student or this uh, and to kind of say, hey, we're going to. We're not perfect, but we're going to want to teach you the basics of your yeah. faith and help you grow. Uh, and, and and split, the, you know, sp- you know, how's that split? Maybe if the mom is a believer, the dad is not. That that's a hard hard task. Obviously, if you know, I, I know a lot of like, parents that are like, divorced or like that. They want their kids to be in church. And for what I have, my experience is the parents always ask me, "Is there someone in the church that can mentor my son or my daughter?" Yeah. Uh, even during our situation, yeah. and sometimes they're not believers but they're like can someone just help them make right choices in life yeah you know so again i think that that comes again with the help of the church to step up and to notice that like hey you know that that they come from a broken home maybe not know but maybe the youth pastor or something like that can say hey you know hey this person is coming from a broken home can you just influence their lives and help them Mm -hmm. you know grow spiritually so yeah yeah so you would say similar the sim there's a similar approach in how you do children's and teens yeah i I mean with Kids, I think the job of kids is teaching the basic. Why do like my kids every Sunday when we go to church, I ask them, why do we go to church? You know, and, and like, you know, I, I love the comment. The, the big questions I always ask is why? Like, why do you think we do this? Why do we read before we go? You know, why do we read God's word and all that stuff? So it's more of just teaching the kids the basics mm. of our faith. I feel like at that young age. And the reason why that happens is because when I was in college, uh, like we went to New York City to go share the gospel. And they were like my friends and I, we had to go before we go on the bus. We had to share the three people, you know, the gospel. And so there was these 12 year old kids. And so we were like, all right, I'm going to go to them. Found out they're, you know, Muslim and they knew more about the Quran and and they were like like I'm one of the eight, nine, ten year old kids and they were just quoting the Quran like this. And I remember being convicted, like here I am, twenty one years old, and I can like Hmm. barely get around for a question. So that kind of gave my desire as hit kids. Them, hit them with John 360. that's all I knew, man. John 360, <laughs> Romans 3.23. <laughs> but that's when I, you know, even seeing my parents, like when I was little, they were teaching me the basics of our, of our faith. And so there's a, a ministry called Tiny Theologians that I encourage everybody to look that up. Like they, it's a couple that are doing 
fantastic work with Theology for Kids. They have flashcards, and we give those out to our parent dedication um, uh, ceremonies. But um, but they, basically teaching them the basic of, of who God is and how to even read the Word and why we read the Word. So I think as a kid, you're basically teaching them the basics. Mm-hmm. Where they become a teenager, I feel like it's more, and I don't have teenagers, Bruce, you do. But for me, my, the way I saw my parents do it, it's more of, okay, this is how you live it out with the choices that you make and you're like as you grow older you're making choices on your own like i remember my dad whenever he has a question he's like well you make a choice you decide and then when i fell <laughs> made the wrong choice he would like correct me mm-hmm. you know, obviously if it was something dangerous he will tell me you know <laughs> but when it was like you know like this different decision I had to make what college mm-hmm. to go to all this stuff like he would make me make decision first whether it be good or bad and kind of coach me through that so i feel like as a kid uh you're teaching the basics of the faith who god is how great he is how his word is amazing change your life and uh but then as they get teenager i think the relationship changes more of just like teaching them how to live it out and i don't know bruce is that well, you see, that's the right way to do it. But that's, I know for me, like, that's how I, how I grew spiritually in, in my home was like the challenge of, okay, you're getting older. You got to make some choices. Like, but yeah. does your choices honor God? Let's walk through that. Yeah. yeah. And I think Proverbs speaks to that, that when it says train up a child in the way he should yes. go. Yep. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, a wisdom principle. That's not a guarantee no, no, no. that if you train your children in the word of God, that means mm-hmm. that there will never be a time that they will not be following the Lord. But it's a wisdom <laughs> principle yeah. that if you are training your children in the way that they should go and you're faithfully teaching them and modeling Christ likeness in the home and teaching them the word of God, the expectation would be, you know, they have what they need yeah. as far as mm-hmm. to be able to live in a way that's pleasing to the Lord yeah, and have yeah. relationship with yeah. Christ. And and so certainly, you know, starting with the foundation of building that foundation with the kids at a very young age, while we as parents are still really deciding for them mm-hmm. what those decisions are going to look like, the hope is that that then is rooted, you know, in God's word, in study of God's word, so that when they have to make their own decisions, you know, they're prepared to yeah. make decisions that would hopefully yeah. be honoring to yeah. the Lord. Yeah. And so, and I would just say for you, you know, as the person who's leading discipleship in our ministry, you know, you're <coughs> modeling that very well, like as a mm. parent, but also as a leader. Mm. And so it's, it's yeah. something like people Praise catch, people yeah. catch that vision, right? Yeah. They catch that vision nice and that passion. He said all season. So <laughs> say that again. <laughs> That's the nicest thing he said all season. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. So, but truthfully, yeah. you know, that, that is what we want to be seen, not just from staff members, right? Yeah. Like we want people within the ministry to be demonstrating that same kind of heart for discipleship yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. starting at a young age, but all the way through. I mean, yeah. we're not saying that to the neglect of young adults, middle-aged mm-hmm. adults, older adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that should be happening all, all across. across the board, yes. no matter yeah. stage of life. Yep that we are passionate about this area of discipleship yeah. for, for everybody yeah. that's yeah. at Maranatha. Yeah. Which leads to the, next, to the third demographic, young adults. Mm. How do you, how would you say that we should approach discipleship with young adults? Yeah, I think... And, and, and maybe throw in what you think, uh, what, what makes a young adult. Yeah, I think uh, like a young adult, I mean, for me, I feel like, I, I look at my life when I was in college, I feel like that's the kind of when you're a young adult when you're making the kind of decisions on your own without calling mom or dad, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so I remember when I was in college, like I, I felt like I, I knew who God was, but I wasn't growing spiritually. So I remember saying, you know what, I, I need someone older to like really invest in my life. And the reason why, cause I saw my dad do that, but also uh, he did in my life, but also I saw him with college students as well. Like he mm-hmm. was in his fifties, you know, sixties and college students would come to our house and my dad would just be pouring. A lot of them come from broken homes as well and all that. And so I knew, I was like, you know, I need to find someone older in my life. So I feel like 
with the goal of young adults is helping them kind of the same way with teenagers, helping them guide them to make smart decisions personally, but also grow spiritually in, in their walk. And especially the, uh, one guy that comes to mind is Adam Cook. Uh, it's from Word of Life, the college that we went to. Uh, but he is now a missionary. Did you go to Word of Life? No. Okay. Oh, you're okay. close. But you've been on, you step foot. This doesn't there. count. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he, he guided me through all my life. So when I was a college student, he was my discipler. Like he he invested in me, helped me like just how to live out God's word. And then when I started dating, he was he was there. Mm-hmm. When I started, when I got engaged, he was there. And then I had my first marriage, and then my first kid. Like he has been all the stages of life. And in, in question, I mean, I remember right now we he came actually last Sunday when his family were laughing because he remembers the first time I called him when my wife and I had our first like argument out like and I was like I made her cry I don't know what I'm doing like I'm the worst husband ever like come on so we met at this like coffee shop I was like breathe like Steve just breathe it's okay and and he walked me through but I think with young adults I think a lot of them are trying to figure out their purpose of Mm -hmm. especially if they're in college okay what am I gonna do with my life where am I supposed to go if I'm dating if I'm gonna get engaged or even like you know I know a lot of guys in my life a lot of them are single as well trying to figure out okay when do I get married when do I not what am I supposed to do but i think in young adults is is more helping them you know grow maturely in in the lord again just so they can think biblically but also guide them with decisions they have to make and you know in life i say so So, and then the last demographic the adults i mean we should could make another one for bruce but it's a senior senior adult but uh just adults in general what would be what would be the demo what would be the approach by the way he's used this joke so many times like it's like his go-to Go to podcast joke. Bruce is is. so old. Uh, Yeah, it's very funny. It's very funny. Everybody loves to look. Look at the audience. No, they're laughing. Are they laughing? We all think it's funny. They're laughing. Very funny. Like this if you think it's funny. <laughs> no, I think uh, with with adults, I think it's just the stage of life that they're in personally and spiritually. Yeah. Like if they're a new believer, it's going to look different in the discipleship. And this is something in our training that I do like once a year. Like I talk about that. Like, okay, how do you know what to use with who? Where you're where, where you trying to take them? So with an adult, it's like depending where they're at. If they're new, if the sh- new yeah. believer never been to church, never studied the word, it's going to be more structure in what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but if they're not... I'm going to say perfect, but spiritually mature. They're making the right decisions. They're falling in love with the Lord. They're growing. I think as if I know for me, like the older men in my life, it's more of them checking up on, on me. Like, hey, how's your mind? Are you loving your wife like you're supposed to? And just kind of like, just if there's issues in my life, I just go to them. It's not so much structure, like, hey, we're going to do the study. We're going to go to the, you know, but it's more just what I'm dealing with that week that when I meet with them, like they walk me through. So I think with adults, this is the stage of life that they're, that they're in, that what they need for that moment, that discipleship relationship. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that can be a hard thing, right? Because yeah. we're naturally trained to think if someone's quote unquote older, mm-hmm. that means they're more mature. But well, they that, have it figured out. Yeah, well, they have it figured out. And that's yeah. not necessarily true when it comes to spiritual things, when it mm-hmm. comes to their discipleship and spiritual mm-hmm. growth. Yeah. I mean, Paul talked about with the, the believers in Corinth, right? You should be receiving meat. You yeah. should have maturity here. You yeah. should be able to handle more, but you're not able to because you're not mature yet. And yeah. so he was giving them milk. And, yeah. and so I think sometimes we can have this misconception when it comes to discipleship that if you are past the age of 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 discipleship is no longer needed for you but that's not the case at all i mean there's people who are in their 70s that they come to know christ and they're starting almost from like ground zero of like i don't i don't know anything about the bible i don't know anything about what it means to truly serve and follow christ 
and there's a need of investment there of yeah. discipleship, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we can sometimes have a hard time wrapping our head around that because we're so used to yep. thinking of maturity yeah, in made. standards of physical maturity and not in light of spiritual maturity. Yeah. And yeah. so that's a hard thing. And that's yeah. what I mean looking at Titus too. Like is Paul talking about age or is he talking about spiritual maturity sure. in that as well too? Because sure. you know? like my dad, for instance, is like when he, the first guy discipled him, my dad was 31 and the guy discipling him was 28. Yeah. Now the guy was 28. Like my dad's been in the church for like two years, but he, like, I met the guy disciple and he was like, yeah, your dad was like, had no clue like how to h- handle the word, where to yeah, go. Yeah. And so, but he was 28 and he was teaching them biblical truth, even yeah. like how to raise kids. And he was single without kids, you know? Sure. So, yeah. so the not, the think of just, that's, that's the danger of thinking, oh, he's older, yeah. he's good. Like, no, like we don't well, know. I, I always think like, like with Paul, like we don't know necessarily how old he was, Yeah. you know, but you see, like, when he goes out and presents his, like, kind of like his resume mm-hmm. and all the things that he has done and accomplished, I mean, it's it's somewhat safe to assume that he was not a teenager or, or in the, you know, in the early 20s or, yeah. or something. Like, he was up, he was probably late 30s, 40s or into the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. And yet you see how Barnabas, Barnabas was someone that he allowed in his life to invest in him yeah. and how he took him on his side and he took him and do ministry with him and, and walk him and, and, and taught him many things uh, as it relates to like the things of the Bible. Yeah. And so it just shows you, even someone like Paul, mm-hmm. that, 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 that happened. So it's not something like you, you can out, outgrow discipleship, no. which, uh, which with that leads us to the next question, you know, uh, would you say as a preface of the question, would you say that everybody should be disciple and discipling or it should be one or the two? Yes. <laughs> I think it's both. Like, I think... <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I think we all should be discipled to grow spiritually, but also that the end goal is that you're investing in someone else's life. Yeah. You know, like I, I was seeing with my dad, the guy was 28, discipling my dad, but then after two years, he was like, hey, I think it's time for you to find someone else and start teaching them yep. what you've learned from me but yeah. he still has accountability with different men in his life and it's not like they meet every week or anything like that it's yeah. like once in a while they call yeah. each other so but i do believe some, everyone should be disciple with the goal of discipling someone else and passing on that yeah, you know, during, yeah. During, during i mean that's what jesus said right the great commission of matthew 28 yeah. go and make disciples of yeah. all nations yeah. teaching them to observe all things that i've commanded you yep. and i'm with yeah. you always so we we tend to think of the great commission strictly as an evangelistic mm. passage we think of it strictly as evangelism, like go and share the gospel with people all over the world, which is true. But the specifics of the passage is to make disciples yes. and not just teach them the good news of Christ, that he died, buried, and rose again. But he says, teaching them all things that I've mm-hmm. commanded you, and I'm mm-hmm. with you always. And so there's a process that's there of discipleship that really is commanded to everyone to, mm-hmm. to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we, we have to take maybe that a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And, and again, I think... You know, we have a lot of things happening at the church right now that you're, you know, kind of spearheading and you're mm-hmm. you're kind of waving the flag to like go to do yeah. these things. And a lot of people are jumping on board with that. Mm-hmm. And I would say there's a lot of fruit coming from that. Right? And yeah. we should have the expectation of fruit yeah. when we're obedient to what God says for us to do and that he's equipped us to do. Yeah. Um, but no one outgrows that. No. Yeah. Right. That's that's yeah. a call. And, 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 and that's one thing that I, I really like about you, Steve, because you are being inst- and you've been instructed or you've been given the, the lead to uh, lead the, the discipleship ministry at our church. 
And yet you yourself are being mentored by somebody, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not like even yourself who, like we could say, yeah, if there's someone who figured out what the discipleship is, it's Steve Balgren. Mm -hmm. uh, you still find, you still have people in your life that are speaking truth to you. Yeah. So it's a good example of like, yeah, you don't get to a point where you don't need discipleship. Mm -hmm. You know, now that may change, maybe for an, an older age, that may change into more like an accountability, mm -hmm. opposed to having somebody telling you exactly what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Yeah. But nonetheless, there should be people in our lives that should be pouring out on us, which leads us to the next question. In your experience, <laughs> Pastor Steve, <laughs> what are some challenges that you that you that people have could face or have faced when it comes to being disciple, yeah. but also discipling? I think the hard part of the struggle sometimes is people opening up allowing you to speak truth in their life. And this is like even Pastor Butch and I talk about, like he asked me one time, what's the difference between mentor, mentorship and discipleship? I feel like mentorship is, they have a specific thing they're struggling with, but once that thing is overcome, they're done. Like they don't want to meet with you again. Now discipleship is more of an invitation, like, hey, I need you to help me to grow spiritually. And mentorship is part of that as well, where they're allowed, the individual allowing someone to speak truth in their life. And they're not offended or anything like that. They're just, Hey, whatever it takes to grow in the Lord, I want to do it. So I think the hard part is, like, and I've been in some relationships as well, and I've seen others where in discipleship where the person does not want to open up, like does not want to open up. They just think it's like a Bible study. I'm going to answer the questions and that's it. Or they don't even do the study at all, you know? And so that's the struggle. I mean, when you deal with people, it's always, it's, my dad always says discipleship is messy, like when you're dealing with people, you know, because you never, yeah. and I, I even looking at my dad, I remember when I was like 13, I remember one time he was disciple of this guy who was married, but had was in drugs, making poor choices, and, and he, he wanted to grow in the Lord, so he asked my dad to pour into his life, and so he did that. And then, I remember one time he got arrested because he was doing drugs, whatever. And I remember clear today is like, I was looking at my window, he was with the guy in his car. Just, I can tell he was just like, hey man, like, you know, I can tell his hands were moving, so I know he was telling, speaking truth. But that guy, I don't know where he's at now. You know, like he he had, I don't yeah. think he's serving the Lord because he's still making the same. So so you have that. I, I would love to say like in discipleship, you have these great stories that you're discipling someone then to become, you know, missionary in Africa, planting churches everywhere. No, sometimes, man, you don't see that result quickly. Maybe down the line later, mm -hmm. you will. But sometimes it's, it's hard when they don't open up and you don't see that change where you have to say, all right, like whenever yeah. you're ready, call me. I'm sure. here for you. And, and I, I think, yeah. I think we see that what Paul did as well. Jesus did as well. You know, with the rich young ruler, <laughs> he's like, hey, you know the truth. I'm not going to chase after you. You know, if, if you want me, come back. <laughs> you yeah, know, kind of deal. So, yeah, and I think that's why Scripture makes it clear. You know, we're not to grow weary in well doing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and that wouldn't be necessary to call on believers to not grow weary if there wasn't a tendency to grow weary. Yeah. Um, and to not be discouraged when yeah. maybe things aren't panning out the way we want them to. We want mm -hmm. faithfulness, right? Yeah. And so with discipleship ministry, we're asking for consistency and faithfulness and the one that's seeking to make an impact. Yeah. And not all the time are you going to see, you know, right away the fruit that shows mm -hmm. the effort, right? And, and so, but we're still called to do it. Do it. Yeah. You know, it's not an excuse not to and, do and it. And that's the thing too, like we're not called, we're not ever called to see fruit, to see the fruits. Mm. We're called to plant. Or to water, yeah. and the end of the day, the Lord will be the one, will be the one that grows. Yeah. Uh, and so, for an encouragement, but also for a challenge, it's like uh, you may mentor somebody or disciple somebody that you will immediately see fruits and mm -hmm. praise God. And you may not see fruits on the next person you disciple, but that doesn't mean that the word has not been laid. You yeah. know, we know for a fact that the word of God does not go void. Yeah. And so as an encouragement, like our call is to disciple. Yeah. Uh, but there's values, too, of being discipled. And, and, and I think it's important as well, like it's not by 
are doing. It's by sure. the Lord's, you know, working in us. I mean, Paul said in Colossians 29, he's like, I'm doing all this, making them mature, but with the help of the power of God. Sure. To, and I think that's where the encouragement comes. But, all right, it's not me who's doing it. It's God through me, which is still crazy to think that God wants to use us to influence others mm-hmm. to grow. But I think that's an important part of discipleship, understanding this is not what your talents or what you can bring. It's what yeah. God, how God's using your life and speaking yeah. through you to invest in someone, help yeah. them grow. Well, that's so. pretty awesome. Uh, Steve, um, as a church, mm-hmm. there are two main things, and I don't know, maybe I'm missing one, but maybe there's more than two, but there are two main things that we do here when it comes to discipleship, mm-hmm. connect groups, right? Mm-hmm. And then discipleship groups. Mm-hmm. So why don't you explain to our audience from all over the world what, those, <laughs> what that means? Oh. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then, and also give them steps as to how they can get plugged in if that's something that they will be interested in taking part of. Yeah. Uh, well, I look at our connect groups as a, I mean, it's a name, it's in the name to connect with other believers. You know, a church our size, it's sometimes you can get lost in the mix with all these people here. So uh, if you want to get known and be known and get to know other people, that's where I feel like connect groups is a great place to do that. Uh, they meet at homes during the week. Uh, some people have different schedule they meet, but the goal with the connect groups is to to serve each other and love each other. Uh, basically living out the, the, uh, the one another's of the, of the New Testament. Uh, but I also see John 13, uh, 34, 35, where Jesus said, the way the world knows you're my disciples, how you love one another. And I feel that's my desire for our connect groups to accomplish that, that as, as unsaved people in the neighborhood see how our connect groups are loving each other, even serving them, maybe, as that unity overflows to the community that they're around, uh, that they see God just, man, that's, that's that love that that connect group has is something different that I want to be a part of. But most importantly as well is in our church that people are being cared for and loved for and getting to know people and becoming part of a family as well. So yeah. that's how I see the connect groups uh, you yeah. know, going. In the discipleship group, it's more about growing. And not that you won't grow in a connect group maturely, but the accountability is a lot stronger in the discipleship group. And that's what I asked one of my guys last week. I was like, hey, what's it like? Why do you love the discipleship group? Because we have, I have one on Monday nights. And he was like, I love it because the accountability is so strong. He's like, mm-hmm. in the connect group, I can answer one question and I'm good. Or ABF, I can answer one question and I'm good. Or I don't even answer anything on ABF. You know, he's like, but I know on Mondays at 830, I've got to come ready to share what God has done in my life or just be honest if I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know, so, yeah. so I think those are two different, yeah. two different things there. Yeah. How can uh, how can somebody get plugged in? Like if they're watching, it's like, man, that connect group sounds like something that I would like to yeah. do, or discipleship is something that I would like, to, or discipleship group is something that I would like to be part of. How can they be part of that? Yeah, they can go to our church uh, church website, uh, and and they can sign up there, or they can use the connect card that we have on Sundays, or even call the church and ask for yeah. me, and we'll we'll plug you in. Especially discipleship, there's no sign up for that, uh, but we do have people who have been uh, trained or excited to disciple, disciple. and so. If you do want to be a disciple, I want to grow, yeah. like you can call the church and we'll plug you in yeah. with somebody. Which our church website is mbc95.org. There you go. And then our phone number is Pastor Bruce. Yeah, so 330-331-6453. If Man. people want to text in yeah. Yeah. because they want to sign up for a connect group or they'd like to sign up for like a yeah. discipleship group, Perfect. they can text into that number, 330-331-6453. Yeah. And we'll make sure they get followed up with as well. Yeah. Sounds good. So, yeah, awesome. and this is pretty awesome. And, and if you're watching and are listening and you're not part of Maranatha Church, this still applies to you. Like not necessarily you joining our connect groups or a discipleship group, but more like you at your own church, you should be looking or identifying 
people in your church that mm. that are mature believers that meet those signs that Steve has shared earlier to earlier in the podcast, uh, and that you would approach them or say something to them so that they will invest in your life. But then, if you are somebody that you would say, "Yeah, I meet those criteria," then that you have that uh, that realization that you need to then take somebody younger or in your same stage of group, whichever, and invest in their life too for the sake of you know growth and mentorship. Man. Yeah, so, I mean, even for anybody listening, you know, as we talk about going beyond the pew and going outside the church walls and ministering, really everybody listening should be in the process of either being discipled or seeking to disciple people, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. utilizing what God has given to them and how they've grown to be able to impact other people's lives. Yeah. And so yeah. there's no shortage of opportunities there to yeah. be discipled yeah. as well yeah. as to disciple. Yep. And uh, we would love to see people get plugged in yeah. in any way. That yeah. and, and, it, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I just think it just now came to mind, like, like when I first got hired here at Maranatha Bible Church, you were in Texas as mm -hmm. the student pastor. And you would reach out mm. to you immediately for mentorship questions, mm. and even from the distance, and you had some insight. Now we work together, but like Pastor Bruce, now we meet every week in a, in a facility of mentorship. And mm. so you see, like, there's values. You never grow out of mm -hmm. the mentorship. And uh, and I'm sure Bruce has somebody in his life who's constantly pouring out on you. I know you do, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and so if you're watching and you're not being mentor or you're not discipling, you know, we will say that that's something that biblically you should be doing, mm -hmm. you know. For sure. Yeah. So, awesome. anyways, Pastor Steve, how do we end this podcast? How's your life beyond the view? All right, tell me. Oh, oh, let's try again. All right, Steve. <laughs> Rewind, Pastor Steve. We, we like to ask a question, Pastor Steve, yeah. at the end of every podcast. Yeah. The challenge to people who are listening, what is the question that what we is typically the ask? How is your life beyond the pew? What does your life look, look, look like? Beyond the what pew? does your life look like? <laughs> the pew. Beyond we, the we pew. Will have a guest. Yeah. We will have a guest. We will have a guest. One day. That is able to ask the question yeah. properly. For but, your encouragement, John came and he was sitting here every week for an entire season. Oh, that's true. He was. And he didn't know the answer yeah, question. So, so don't you're, get discouraged. Yeah, you're 60% right. there. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Well, appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for we'll listening. We'll be back next week. We'll see you next week. See you guys.